Hi, this is Kim. Welcome to Porter Mountain Fellowship Women's Ministries Bible Study. Susie and I will be talking about Genesis chapter 20 today if you'd like to grab your Bibles. Kim, I'm just going to lift us up in prayer as we get started. Father God, I ask that you would let us hear your voice today. I ask that you would calm our spirits and to those that are out there listening to this, that they would hear your voice today, Lord. And we pray for your wisdom as we speak your word, Lord God. And we pray this in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Susie, we are going to just start off by telling everybody J. Vernon McGee's very famous quote now to us, and that is that chapter 20 seems about as necessary as a fifth leg on a cow. Well, and when I read that, I thought, gosh, I... I get what he's saying, but I got a lot out of Genesis 20. And it's not a very big chapter, um, but I I really enjoyed this chapter, and it spoke to me. Because we're going to see that Abraham is going to repeat a sin again. In fact, it's almost the same story. It's just different characters. It does speak to us about our nature and how we get caught in these patterns of repeating um because and we'll talk about it in a little bit too not actually ever dealing with the sin in the first place in the right way Mm -hmm. so we'll start reading in um verse one it says now abraham moved on from there into the region of the negev and lived between kadesh and shur and for a while he stayed in gerar and there abraham said of his wife sarah she is my sister Then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. So if anyone is familiar with the story, you know, a few chapters back where he has come into um, the land of of Egypt and he's told the Pharaoh, this is my sister and what happened there. And he really, the story unfolds that, you know, Pharaoh goes to take Sarah on as a wife and he winds up getting sick and he's not able to consummate that marriage. And, you know, it's revealed to him that he's been told this lie and why did you do that? And he gives him a bunch of money and he kicks him out. And then here he is again, you would think not like he'd learned his lesson, right? You'd think, (laughs) but I don't know about you, but I can think of several times that I have repeated the same sin. Yeah because I never dealt with it. And I think the reason this one speaks to me is because I think that not only did they not deal with the sin the first time, but I think they were afraid. And I think fear makes you do crazy things. I agree. Yeah. There there was a couple of... Verse 11, I think it was... Um, Abraham replied, I said to myself, there is surely no fear of God in this place and they will kill me because of my wife. So that is one of the things that was driving him. Instead of trusting God, he was in a place of fear. Um, David Guzik also said perhaps he just didn't want to live where he was anymore because he had just, you know, the whole thing was Sodom and Gomorrah and the kings that had come to destroy things and he had to go and, and defend and protect Lot and those people. And so maybe just looking out and looking over the region and the people and the judgment that had come upon him that he just didn't want to be in that place anymore. And so maybe that's why he moved on. Another theory that had been put forward was perhaps 
it was new grazing ground for his cattle. You know, once in a while they got to move on, you know, different seasons and different times. So irregardless, he winds up in this place, Gerar, and we're told that it is towards Egypt. And, you know, anytime we talk about Egypt, it is really a picture of sin in the Bible as well. And um, so he's towards Egypt in the land of the Philistines. He's no longer, um, it, it is says it is within the promised land. But again, he is moving within the promised land among these foreign people with foreign religions and um, a lot of paganism. And so he's afraid maybe they don't know the Lord at all. I'm afraid of what they would do to me. So he brings Sarah back into his lie. (laughs) Yeah, his lie. Well, I think fair to say that he was moving into enemy territory. Mm -hmm. The Philistines still occupied that Mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. So he was still moving into that enemy territory. And I know in my own life, um, when sin has gotten hold of me, I it's 99% of the time I have moved into enemy territory. Amen. Yeah. And, it, you know, Skip Heitzig, I was listening to him, and he had said, you know, Abraham had a new life. We know that he was saved, mm-hmm. right? He had a new life, but he still had an old nature. And that's kind of like we are. Even though we are, we're changed, we are still holding on to some of that old nature, and that's why these sin patterns repeat in our life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to read verse 3? Mm-hmm. But that night God came to Abimelech in a dream and told him, You are a dead man, for that woman has already, for that woman you have taken is already married. (laughs) But Abimelech had not slept with her yet, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Didn't Abraham tell me she is my sister? And she herself said, Yes, he is my brother. I acted in complete innocence. My hands are clean. Mm. Right. So Josephus, he's a historian, had written that like Pharaoh, Abimelech was plagued physically. You know, we had mentioned that in the beginning. He was plagued physically so that he did not feel up to bringing Sarah into his bed. So he was saved by that. It was almost as if God said, because of what he said here, um, that he did not do anything. He was innocent in his um, intentions, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he... he we can look at that and say, well, maybe God was protecting him because he knew the integrity of Abimelech. Even mm-hmm. though Abimelech didn't know him as the Lord of his life, he was acting in integrity and, and probably was protected in that area. Well, and I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but even when they told this story to Pharaoh, um, it was a half-truth. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys, and so when I say the guys, I'm usually talking about um, Vernon J. Vernon McGee, or I'm talking about Morris, or I'm talking about Wearsby. <laughs> so one of those guys um, said that the problem with half-truth is that there's enough truth in there that there's, it's almost more dangerous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But he's gotten himself, you know, back into this place of having told this half-truth again. And you think, again, that he would have learned from the first time and he lost his witness the first time mm-hmm. that he's probably on the cusp of that happening again here mm-hmm. and i mean what what was he going to do i mean it, you know the thing about sin 
is you never play the whole scenario out in your mind yeah. as to how is this going to end out, Yeah. right? And you kind of get that picture of Abraham not thinking, what if Sarah does get taken into his bed? What, what happens then, right? There's yeah. Like he doesn't think the whole thing out. And had they found out that she was pregnant at this time, mm-hmm. she knew for sure that she was pregnant at this time when they went in there? Mm-hmm. No, no, she, no, she, she didn't know she was pregnant yet. It's not until after this, but what if she had gotten pregnant, right? Um, kind of the same situation right. with Pharaoh. So, and God protected even in that. Yes. Right. He protected even in that because he wasn't going to allow that to happen. Um, but we look at Abimelech. And he's being told, like, you know, my version says, you are as good as dead, mm-hmm. right? Um, because, not, first of all, God had no intentions of allowing anything like that to happen. And that he shouldn't have crossed that line. And, you know, I think about that. We are never to hold an unbeliever to the same uh, standard as we you know, would hold each other to. But God also, I think in Abimelech's case, looking at that, he protected even an unbeliever in not only what his plan was, he wasn't ever, Satan can't ever cross that line. No. You know? And um, so we can have confidence in that, that he could have, Abraham could have walked into that place and told the truth and knowing what God's plan was for him and been protected. But fear, again, yes. we come back to fear. Fear. Yeah. Fear is a powerful, mm-hmm. um, at least in my life, it has been, powerfully has grabbed hold of me in many situations. And it feels like it's just been in the last few years that God has delivered me from some just absurd fears that could never happen you know <laughs> and I feel so much more at peace about things and I really feel that God has shown me you know you're okay you're mm, safe nice. I've got you that's awesome verse 6 says then God said to him in the dream yes I know you did this with a clear conscience and so I have kept you from sinning against me that is why I did not let you touch her so right there again just emphasizing that God protected on all sides with that. Like he says, now return the man's wife for he is a prophet and he will pray for you and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all yours will die. So Abimelech again, you know, he's, I'm innocent. I had no idea I was being lied to. Would you punish a nation for it? And what I love is the second part of the verse here in, in seven where God tells him you know he's not going to punish a nation but he doesn't just give him his word for it he says go ask Abraham to pray for you yes and what stuck out to me in that was even though Abraham had lost his testimony even though he had messed up before the Lord God still said, I still have a ministry for you. Yes. And he's, I can still use you. Yes. And that is a, something that we need to hear sometimes. Yeah. You know, is 
it's okay, and he listens. Let's read um, 8. Early the next morning, Abimelech summoned all his officials, and when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham in and said, What have you done to us, and how have I wronged you? But you have brought such great guilt upon me and my kingdom. You have done things to me that should not be done. And Abimelech asked Abraham, what was your reason for doing this? Mine says, um, whatever possessed you to do such a thing? (laughs) (laughs) Fear. Exactly. Have you ever been accused of something? Like, why would you think I would do that? Um... It's more like I've been on the Abraham side. <laughs> yeah. and someone else has said and that. Somebody to you. else is saying that to me. <laughs> That's true too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he assumed a lot of assumptions that he's walking into this land and and so you know what? Sometimes we when we don't know somebody and we can size them up just maybe by their appearance or whatever, or maybe with the place that they're hanging out. Or, yeah. And we can assume something about someone and, and realize um, later, you know, we could oh, eat wrong. crow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because well, he I, assumed. And I always, I always will say, what I don't know, I make up in my head. Yes. You know, <laughs> if yes. I don't know it, I'll just make up a whole Absolutely. story. Absolutely. Um, he assumed that Abimelech would be of poor character, that he should be afraid of him. Mm-hmm. And Abimelech, he's very put off by this size up of yeah. his character, yeah. right? And for good reason. What did I ever do to you? <laughs> well, and then if you look at number at verse 11, he says, I thought this was a godless place, and they will want my wife and will kill me to get her. (laughs) And then here comes the excuse bill, right? Yeah. Yeah. Besides, she really is my sister. The half-truth. The half-truth. The daughter of my father, though not of my mother, and she became my wife. And when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, This is how you can show your love to me. Everywhere we go, say of me, he is my brother. So from day one... This was their plan from the time they left Ur, you know, I, 25 years ago, I think it was, he was saying, okay, wherever we go, this is going to be our, our lie. This is what we're going to say. And they haven't learned the lesson yet to stop. And, you know, Matthew Henry said, truth is the daughter of time and in time it'll out because he's saying there's. Truth is always going to find you out. Yes. It, there is no half-truth that's going to get you through and somebody's never going to find out. Um, and don't you want to find Sarah when we get to heaven see what this woman looked like? <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> was so beautiful. That she was so yeah, beautiful. she was 89, 90 years old here. Yeah. And still the kings of the land want to marry her and take her on. Yeah, wow. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. But Susie, you were talking about the reason why sin continues to repeat itself. Um, what did I say again? I you forgot. were talking about how we don't deal with it. Well, it's so true. If we don't deal with sin, it will con- it will constantly come back to us, mm-hmm. um, and we will have to deal with it. And I think one of the things that I had read. Let me see if I see it. 
Um, oh, it was it was actually Wearsby that said this, um, that they hadn't dealt really dealt with sin the first time. Um, and we cannot lightheartedly make a confession. And I don't know that's, and I don't know that I get that from what the word says, but you have to brokenheartedly mm-hmm. confess your sin. Mm-hmm. And until your heart breaks for the things that break God's heart, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be faced with that sin again to deal with. Amen. And I can only speak personally to that, that I know that I've had to deal with some of the th- same things because I felt like I was justified in my sin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thank you, Jesus, that he didn't, you know, strike me down with some lightning mm-hmm. because I was not brokenhearted over my sin. Mm-hmm. And so that put me in a place where I had to deal with it. And I am so thankful that I could cry remorseful tears for hurting my Lord. Mm-hmm. You also had said something about when we stand before God. Oh, yeah. Um <laughs> This was early, earlier on in my marriage, and you know how we say, but God, but God, and then you know, like God stepped in, but me, I would always say, but, and I'd give my husband's name, <laughs> and the Lord said to me early in, in my marriage, Susie, when you stand before me, you stand alone, you can't say but this, that, or the other, you stand before me, you stand alone, and you have to answer for the things you've done. Mm-hmm. And that has always um, stayed in my mind mm-hmm. that I make my decisions on on what the Word says, on the truth of God, on what pleases my Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, do I fail? Yes, daily. Mm-hmm. But is it my goal? Always to please Him. Mm-hmm. And I want to be brokenhearted when I hurt Him. Yeah. And we we also talked about, you know, the things that, we have been broken over it will constantly be dredged up by satan yes and hang over us as guilt and in those times in those things that we know we would never repeat yes um it, it we do need to remember that guilt like that does not come from the no. lord no. that is meant to separate us from god's love well and it's mm-hmm. kind of like um don't look back constantly look forward Amen. because your god has forgiven you Amen. when you have cried mm-hmm. hot broken hearted tears yeah. and asked for forgiveness know that god is faithful and true and he has forgiven Amen. you Amen. you know and walk forward don't look back at that really don't let that. satan call you back to look at it yeah like paul said straining forward ahead to the prize yes you know? Verse 14 and 15 says, Then Abimelech brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham. And he returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, My land is before you. Live wherever you like. You know, the difference between Abimelech and Pharaoh was that Pharaoh was like, Get out. Go away. Yes. (laughs) And Abimelech said, stay and take your choice of land. Maybe yes. because he was afraid um, of any type of re- retaliation, but maybe also he was thinking, this guy's got a powerful God, yes. and he is a good alliance. Um, looking at the demonstration of power that God had shown by striking them all sick, and then Abraham praying for them and healing them. Um, but... He definitely 
you know, he said partly, when it, one of the commentators I was reading said partly probably perhaps to ensure that the curse would be lifted off of them because not only during that time was he not able to consummate the marriage with with Sarah, but part of that affliction on his household is that all the women became barren. Mm-hmm. And so he probably wanted to make sure, let's keep this guy around and make sure we got all the prayers that we need prayers, for yeah. healing in this land. Yeah. And he pays this restitution in verse 16. And it says, to Sarah, he said, I am giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver. This is to cover the offense against you before all who are with you. You are completely vindicated. I wonder if he said it like this. I'm giving your brother. (laughs) Yes. I wondered that too, very sarcastically. (laughs) But he's also making a very public declaration. I had no idea he was anything other than your brother. And nothing happened to you. And nothing happened to you. And, And in case there's any doubts whatsoever that you were put out and I had misunderstood or, you know, anything like that, I want you to know that you are completely, very publicly being um, restored to your integrity and your character. Yeah. Yeah. And do you want to read 17 and 18? Yes. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants, so they could have children. For the Lord has ca- had caused all the women to be infertile because of what happened with Abraham's wife. Yeah. So we had pulled some life lessons out of this chapter. It's kind of a short chapter, mm-hmm. but got some some really good life lessons. The first one was when we rely on our own knowledge rather than seek God, we often get into trouble. And uh, James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. You know, Susie, what are your thoughts on relying on your own knowledge rather than seeking God, getting you in trouble? Well, it's because you end up relying on either your feelings, mm-hmm. which can lie to you, yes. or you end up not walking by faith but by sight. Mm-hmm. And sight isn't always the right way to walk either. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And I think this is what happened with Abraham. You know, he, he let his feelings dictate to him, his fear. Mm-hmm. And then he walked in there and said, oh, yeah, godless nation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I better not trust God to deal with them. I better mm-hmm. have to spin a big story here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, and I think that can happen now, that when we're not walking by faith, mm-hmm. um, then we're either walking by feelings or by sight. Yes. Mm-hmm. The second one is we need to seek him first in prayer and through his word. You know, had... Abraham stopped and sought the Lord, he might not have made the same decisions and the same, repeat the same problems again, same habits again. Well, he might not have even gone to Ger. Yeah. Gerer. Yeah. Yeah. The, Matthew six thirty three says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And... You know, you talk, you've talked a lot about fear taking over. Well, and I like this that you said, our things can make us feel safe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Pastor had a really good sermon this week, mm-hmm. and it really spoke to me about, um, I don't know what it was he said, but I can tell you what spoke to my heart. Yeah. Um, and that really was, 
that our things are not going to be what mm-hmm. keep us safe. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, I love where we were in the military, so I had many homes. But my home, I always made whatever building they put us in my home. Mm-hmm. And even now, you know, my my home is kind of where I feel safe. Mm-hmm. And the Lord really spoke to me saying, okay, it's it's not your home. Everything is mine. Mm-hmm. You know, you're uh, uh, journeying through this place. Yeah. And it's not those things that make you safe. Mm-hmm. It's me that keeps mm-hmm. you safe. And so if you have a home, it's for my use. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, I... You know me. I love to be in my space. Mm-hmm. It's where I feel warm. It's where I feel comfortable. It's where I feel safe. And the Lord really spoke to me through Pastor's sermon mm-hmm. this last week that where you're safe is wherever God has you mm-hmm. because you're journeying and it's not a building. Amen. Yes, that's wonderful. Um, the third one, and it really comes, let's look back at, here I closed my Bible. Verse 3. Yeah. Verse 3 says, But that night God said to Abimelech in a dream and told him, You are a dead man for that woman you have taken is already married. Yeah. And mine starts with, verse 3 says, But God. Oh. Yeah. And there's always a but God, isn't there, Susie? Yes. Yes. And so God knew, foreknew the mistakes that were going to be made and he still had a plan he still will work all things according to his good number four is god does not let his children get away with sin successfully Mm -hmm. charles spurgeon said that i could have told you that from my own life yes amen (laughs) me too um numbers 32 23 says god spoke through moses and said but if you will not do so behold ye have sinned against the lord and be sure your sin will find you out you know, and I've always joked with my kids, there's never a Wallace that's gotten away with anything. No. Don't think you're going to get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. I think you, you kind of go into this then on number five. Um, we can blow it and God will not disown us. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that is, that's kind of, you see this in the difference between Abimelech and Abraham. They're both in different standings with God. Mm. Yes, Abimelech, surely if you're just reading the story, he appears to be the man of integrity, but yet he's not in the same standing with God that mm. Abraham is. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that some of the greatest men of faith, we get to see that they have some of the greatest failures. Yeah. I can't Amen. imagine how they had cried hot tears to the Mm -hmm. Lord Mm -hmm. and it makes me know that God doesn't disown me Mm. when I make those same those same things those same sins those same sins and again um just looking at that he didn't lose his ministry you know lose his place with the Lord or his place in heaven that he still um could be restored I love that God doesn't disown us yeah Number six is we often struggle with trusting God in new territory. That is just a truth statement in itself. Mm-hmm. It, it is hard when we come across new things. Sometimes it, we can hold on to struggling in the same old things, and that's just a given. But when we come into new territory, I know I've been thrown. But I've also seen 
other people and how they handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've watched people lose a spouse recently and how they've handled that or um, maybe great devastation in their marriage and how they've stood before that and trusted in the Lord or, um, you know, in my own life, just looking at the things that I've come across and, and had to trust God for. And you can go one of two ways. You can go in fear or you can trust in faith. And I, I just heard a quote, I think it was Priscilla Shire, um, yesterday, and she was saying, I don't know if it was her or not for sure, but um, saying that faith is just believing and trusting that what God says he's going to do. It was Priscilla Shire. Was it? I just read that. You did yes. too? <laughs> yes, it was Priscilla Shire. Yeah. Believe what God says is true. Yeah. It, and I thought, how Oh, that's so easy. Why it's can't so easy. I do it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I struggle sometimes. Because the opposite is to believe what God says isn't true. And as a Christian, that hurts you. Yeah. To well, think I'm operating in that. Well, that must not be true. God said it, but it couldn't possibly be true. Right? Right? You know, and not that long ago, we were sitting around Bible study and we... We were like, okay, let's challenge ourselves. Name some of the truths and some of the promises that God has given us in the Word. And we just started, you know, shouting them out and writing down verses. And I don't remember how we had a lot of verses, you know, written down. Be like, when we're struggling, we need to go back to these verses and claim the truths that God has said for us instead of operating in a place of fear. Well, and I've said this before, you know, as I was going through college, I remember being in different science classes and stuff and um, saying, if God isn't true, then everything is chaos. You know, God's word has to be true because he's a God of truth and order. And if his word is not true, then everything around us is chaos. Mm -hmm. And I think we can see in our world as they're not believing God's truth, we're seeing a world full (coughs) of chaos. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Number seven says, We will continue to continue to deal with the same sin patterns and same struggles in life until we deal with them face on. If we live in excuseville, we will never change our residence from slavery to freedom. No. No. Um, and I had written down, and I'm sure this came from one of the guys, um, you have to walk in the Spirit if you want to overcome temptation, fear, and sin. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's learning that walking. And the more you know that God's word is true, the more you, you know the truth and know it from the almost truth, mm-hmm. the more you can walk in that faith. Mm-hmm. I, I know Paul talks a lot about that slavery and that being feeling like you're chained, you know. And we don't have to walk in that place anymore. We, we put ourselves there. Right, but God said we don't have to be in that place mm-hmm. anymore. We are overcomers in Him. Mm-hmm. And number eight says character matters. Abraham had once again lost his witness with his pagan neighbors because of his lies. What we do matters. People are watching us. You know that that very wise adage that says you know you may be the only Jesus anyone ever reads. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or sees so, the, we may be the only Bible someone ever reads, and it's kind of a frightening statement. It, it is because yeah. I know that I, 
will struggle with, um, how am I going to put this? Where I don't come off sounding really awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I really struggle with people that I feel are taking advantage. Mm-hmm. Not only of me, but of other people. I, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm usually pretty good about stopping some of that. And yet one of my sister-in-laws said to me, you may be the only Jesus this person sees. And so when do you stop that and say it doesn't really matter? Mm. It doesn't really matter if if this isn't fair, Mm. you know, because I'm all big on fair. Mm. It doesn't really matter. Everything is not fair. And what you need to do is the thing that Jesus wants you to do. You need to stop, Mm. you know, count to ten, take those breaths Mm -hmm. before you... Open your mouth and mm-hmm. speak. We definitely can operate in, in what we call the flesh, so to speak, being that our old sin nature that yes. we have, like, you know, we have love doesn't operate in that place. No, <laughs> no. And, and we need to go to God and say, is this the way you want me to love this person? Right? How do I love this person? And, you know, we don't want to be in a place where we're always being, you know, truly taken advantage of either there there are some people that you know are able to operate in a place of love and what's the word I'm looking for and Uh, truth and (laughs) truth right but you know discernment yeah right they can they can do that and speak very very frankly with people you know about what the boundaries are or things like that you know some of us struggle more with that well I'm very good at speaking where the boundaries are yeah and I'm pretty good about speaking pretty frankly but I need to always coat that with the love of God God yeah 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 and that's where maybe I need to perfect that and you know what happens when you say that God gives you more opportunities to perfect Ah, it yes Well, Abraham is going to live in the land now, and he's going to have some opportunities. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> because Amen. isn't that the truth, too? It's like, well, if you're not going to get it, well, I'll just let you live here in this area. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have any other thoughts on this one, Susie? Oh, I just, I don't know. I guess my my biggest things that I walk away with is... Don't be, don't function, don't live in fear. Mm. Um, It will make you do crazy things. And just thankful Mm -hmm. that our Lord um, has shown us that some of the people that he has used the most Mm. in ministry have been those that have had some of the big publicized failures. And yet they were able to ask for forgiveness, move on, and yeah. and learn from those. And mm-hmm. isn't that where we all want to be? Yeah. And you know what? Something else to think about. We still have failures ahead of us. Oh, no. Oh, I no, know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we still are in the grace of God. I know. And um, But I love what you said earlier. It's something that, you know, when I'm praying to God, Often, you know, break my heart for what breaks yours. Yes. You know, yes. I want to be broken yeah. over what breaks God's heart. I want to have that kind of a heart that loves what he loves and hates what he hates yeah. and broken hearted when I've 
when yeah. I've dropped the ball. And give me an aversion to that sin. Yes. I want to hate that sin like you hate well, that sin. Well, you know what's so... Yeah. The sin that I struggled with the most as in my youth, I really know that the Lord has given me an aversion to it. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, amen, amen. And that, And I guess, you know, number two for me would be that, you know, just because I've messed up, he still has a plan to use me. I, I love that because if you are somebody that struggles with tearing yourself down, holding on to that truth that God loves you unconditionally mm-hmm. is something that... We're uh, in a different standing than Abimelech. Yep, we are in a different standing. Amen. Amen. Well, let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for that unconditional love, Lord. I thank you that you've shown us, as Susie said, Father, a great man of faith, Father, that fell and rose many times, God, that you loved him, you considered him righteous, you gave him ministry, Lord, you gave him, Father, another opportunity, another opportunity, another opportunity, and we thank you, Lord, in our own lives that we have seen that, Father, where we've messed up and you've allowed us to pick back up, God, that you've given us that love and that grace and father that you've encouraged us that we are still your child that we still have ministry that we still have purpose and so father we lay it all before you god and we say again father break our heart for what breaks yours give us a hate for sin lord that is in our lives father that we would break patterns father and that we would be overcomers in jesus name amen